Avondola will be giving the evening exhortation, and he's asked to read Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought into the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wouldst slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee. I hate them with perfect hatred, I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It has been my observation through the years that the brothers who give talks early in the week generally have a distinct advantage over those who speak much later. But even so, it is not uncommon for some of the verses to have been taken and explained by someone ahead of the speaker. It is also not uncommon for two or more brethren to speak on the same subject during the course of Bible school week. However, I think it is very unusual for two brothers, morning and evening, on the same day, to speak on the same subject. <laughs> and that's what's happening today. Brother Conrad this morning spoke on prayer. And my subject matter is, Lord, teach us to pray. I would hope that 
our talks will complement each other since they're both derived from the same source. Lord willing, my talk will be more of exhortation than exposition. I'm going ahead with my talk just as I had planned to uh, prior to coming to the school, realizing that this subject allows for our talks to be different, even though we may use some of the same verses and follow the same general format. So today you're going to get a double dose on the subject of prayer. There are two occasions in the scriptures where Jesus gave gave unto his disciples instructions on offering prayer. The first recorded instance we have is in Matthew 6, when he was in the midst of giving his Sermon on the Mount. And after speaking about the giving of alms and the prayers of the hypocrites, He says unto his disciples, After this manner, pray ye. On the other occasion, which is recorded in Luke 11, he had just ended offering a prayer when one of his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. This second teaching or rendering is somewhat shorter than the one recorded by Matthew. Just what is prayer? Webster defines the act of praying as, quote, to ask something with earnestness or zeal, to supplicate, to beg, as in praying for mercy, to make petition, to the Supreme Being, to address the Supreme Being with confession of sins and supplication of benefits. End of quote. Smith's Bible Dictionary has a long, fairly long dissertation on prayer, and we want to quote just very briefly what it has to say. Quote, Men have believed in all ages that the divine being hears prayer and answers it graciously and willingly. Nearly all the prayers of the Old Testament were for temporal blessings. There are seven prayers recorded at their full length in the scriptures. These are those of David, Solomon, Hezekiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and Nehemiah who has two. Confessions of sins to God was usual at the time of prayer as part of the intercession. It is supposed that if certain rules are neglected in prayer, that God will not answer prayer, nor if one of God's commands is disobeyed, or the supplicant is proud and independent, or a hypocrite, or if he doubts, wavers, or is double-minded, end of quote. 
Prayer is first associated in the scriptures with Abraham in Genesis 20, verses 17 and 18, where it is recorded, So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For God had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. It would appear to me that there is an earlier record of prayer in Abraham's life when he stood before the Lord and pleaded for the saving of Sodom by saying, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And Brother Blair commented on this this morning. This petition was reduced from 50 righteous down to 10 with Abraham possibly thinking that this number would surely include all of Lot's household. There is no doubt in my mind that this was indeed a prayer, and perhaps the only point of discussion is, to whom was Abraham talking? Was he talking directly to God, or was he talking to the third angel that did not go to Sodom? The prayers associated with Abraham are just a few in comparison to the number of prayers given in the scriptures. We could cite over 20 individuals in the scriptures who have at least one reference of prayer attributed to them. Not only are there individual prayers, but there are congregational prayers mentioned as well. Many of the Psalms of prayers. Most, if not all, of our hymns are prayers. Our purpose in exploring this subject is to make you more keenly aware of the part that prayer should occupy in our lives in the truth. We plan, Lord willing, to touch on the Lord's Prayer, the necessity of prayer, the frequency of prayer, public prayer, the length of prayer, when do we pray, the prayer of a righteous man, and will there be prayer in the kingdom age? Smith's Bible Dictionary defines the prayer that Jesus gave unto his disciples as the model prayer to the Christian world. And as we look at it, we gain insight into the things that should be a part of our daily prayers. Jesus said, after this manner, pray ye, our Father. What a great privilege this is, to be able to address the God of heaven, the creator and sustainer, of this universe as our Father. In 1 Corinthians 8, 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul says, For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but unto us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, 
and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. In Matthew 23, 8 and 9, But be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Our Father, which art in heaven, we know where he dwells. He is always close by, and we can reach him day or night. He never slumbers nor sleeps. Unlike the gods of the prophets of Baal who never responded to the petitioners, our Father is on call night and day, 24 hours a day, when we approach him through our one mediator, the man Christ Jesus. In the hymn that we sang in our opening, ex, uh, opening of our service tonight, O God in highest heaven, our God that hearest prayer, through Christ whom thou hast given, our advocate, thine heir. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praise, exaltation, reverence are all to be ascribed to that righteous being. The very highest praise that we can muster is to be rendered to our heavenly Father. We have nothing in which to glory. 2 Corinthians 10:17 But he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord. Note that everything to this point is directed towards God. Now there is added thy kingdom come which has to do with his purpose. In Revelation 4:11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. When God's kingdom has come and fulfilled its purpose of having righteous immortals in the earth, then will be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Thy will be done, not our will. Jesus may have been thinking ahead to that time frame in which he would say, not my will, but thine be done. There is a point to be made here for us that we make a more conscientious effort to pray for his will to be done and to say, if the Lord wills. In James 4, 13 to 15, the apostle says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow 
we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Our community is very bold in stating what we are going to accomplish without any audible. Our conviction to the far more serious and exacting task of our petitions to the Father. How often are we to pray? It would appear that the Hebrews prayed three times a day. In Daniel 6.10, And when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. In Psalm 55:17, evening, morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. There is no scriptural instructions on how many times Israel was to pray, but it is interesting that we have two witnesses that it was done three times. Our instructions appear to be of a more general nature when they are given to us in the New Testament. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. In Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. In Philippians 4.6, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In Romans 12:12, 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. There seems to be instructions here for the disciples of Christ to be in a prayerful attitude all the time. And I don't know if that is possible. It would certainly be commendable, if such were possible, that we could dwell on righteous thoughts as much as life possible within us. How often, then, do we pray? Would it be three times a day, or would it be more? If we are diligent in offering thanks for our daily bread, then that would be, in most cases, three times a day. Are there other times that we should offer supplications to the Father. 
Would we offer a prayer in the morning upon awakening that we have been granted another day in which to serve the Lord? Would we offer a prayer for deliverance from a narrow escape? Back on last Saturday, did we thank our Heavenly Father that we were granted a safe journey to this Bible school? Do we offer a prayer to God at the close of each day for his continued goodness unto us? These questions are intended to stir up our minds into ways and times for us to pray unto our Father. And this list is by no means complete. Is God available for all of our prayers or just for those of major consequences? If it is just for major consequences, would the angels have responded to finding a wife for Isaac? Would they have responded to Gideon in wanting assurance from God that he was with him in the matter of the fleece? If God chooses to hear us at all, he will surely hear us in anything, as long as it is offered in the proper manner. Our prayers must be offered through the only name given unto heaven, whereby we must be saved. Based on the condemnation by Jesus of the long prayers of the scribes and Pharisees, we should try to avoid vain repetitions. Our prayers should be brief and concise. When we come around the memorial table on Sunday mornings, do we ever hear the brother praying about subjects that have no relationship to the memorials? These other subjects should be covered in our prayers, such as those for the opening or closing of the meeting. Sometimes a brother will become so intent on praying about these other subjects that he will even fail to mention the emblem for which he is praying. It may be on some occasions that our own discipline of concentration as a listener has lapsed and that we did not hear that the emblem was mentioned. What to do? If the brother did omit the emblem, then the presiding brother would have the option of calling upon another brother to, to say another prayer. In either case, we should say our own silent prayer, brothers and sisters, as we think on that great sacrifice made on our behalf.
What do we do at mealtime when we are in a public restaurant? Do we offer thanks for the food? If we don't, why don't we? Are we ashamed? Afraid to be different from those around us? We do have a scriptural example. While en route to Rome, Paul and his companions encountered a terrible storm, which is recorded in the 27th chapter of Acts. In verses 33 to 35, And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Paul not only gave thanks to God for his own traveling companions and himself, but also for the soldiers and sailors that were on the ship. In James 5, 16 to 18, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. There appears to be some relationship between the three and a half years in Elijah's day and the same period of time during the ministry of Jesus. Elijah's drought was one of natural causes, whereas the drought in Jesus' day was one of spiritual causes. Another example is found in Luke 1, 5 to 7 and verse 13. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. These examples in the Scriptures lend support to the quotation that speaks of the fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much. 
These were prayers of faith. There was a single-minded trust here in these prayers. In Psalm 34, verse 15, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. In Psalm 145, 18, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. In Proverbs 15, 29, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. In John 9, 31, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. This is a most comforting thought. By the very words, it should make us very humble. And also realize the great privilege that we have of communicating with our Father in heaven in prayer. As we look into the future age of God's kingdom on earth, we are aware of a house of prayer being built for all nations. In that future arrangement, our Savior will leave the throne on high, and coming back to earth again will reign for God and dwell with men. The Savior's work a priest will be complete. And he will then take on his new role of being a priest king upon his throne. I believe that sacrifices will be reinstituted as the means of supplication to the God of heaven. The question then is, will these sacrifices replace prayer as we know it in our day and age. There is no mention of audible prayer in the description of the worship in the house of, of prayer in Ezekiel 40 to 48, as far as I can determine. Also, as far as I can determine, Brother Sully does not indicate this medium of approach to God in his treatise on the temple. However, there are some verses that we can turn to that utilize the word prayer, and you'll have to decide whether it is speaking of the kingdom age or some other time. Open your Bibles to Psalm 66. We want to read verses 13 through 20. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows. With my lips, which my lips have uttered, and my mouth hath spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, 
and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Also in Psalm 102, verses 1 and 2. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I will... When I call, in the day when I call, answer me speedily. In verse 16, turn two pages. Verse 16, when the Lord shall build up Zion, He shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. In Isaiah 56, verses 1 to 7, Thus saith the Lord, Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices 
shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. In this passage regarding the house of prayer, the word prayer comes from the Hebrew word tefillah, T-E-F-I-L-L-A-W, which Strong says means intercession or supplication. This Hebrew word to follow comes from the root word palal, P-A-L-A-L, which means to judge officially or mentally. And isn't this what God will do when the nations offer their yearly sacrifices in the house of prayer or house of supplication? We remember also from Zechariah 14 that nations will go up from year to year to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In summary, we have the thoughts of our Father in heaven through the pages of Scripture. And we must recognize the great privilege we have of communicating our thoughts to the Father in prayer. The diligent disciple will be active in communicating with God in prayer. That disciple will offer praise to him that created all things, that gave his only begotten Son, that gave us the plan of salvation, that permitted us the knowledge of this plan and the capability of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Our praise may be expressed in the words of John in Revelation 7:12, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. There is no place for the glory of man in our prayers. Prayers must be sincere. Whether we are in our closet or whether we are praying or listening to a prayer in public assembly. Brothers, brothers praying in public should always speak distinctly and loud enough for everyone to hear. Prayer should be offered through Christ, the only name given upon, among men whereby we must be saved. Prayer should not be stereotyped or rehearsed, whereby everyone knows ahead what the brother will say, even before he says it. Prayer should come from the heart. With prayerful thought as to what it is to be said. Brothers and sisters, in the words of Solomon, and we have quoted this several times already, be not rash with thy mouth, 
Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few.